It's September 11th, 2019, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first t- first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Ed Barnabas from Booz Allen Hamilton, and he's here to talk about Hack the Wave. And then we have Sam Sneed from law firm ESNA and Tim Ames from Hawaii Tech Support, and they're here to tell us about Tech Force 2019. But first, to our listeners on Kauai, I want to share this great robotics training opportunity. The Kauai Robotics Alliance, KRA, have arranged for some professional trainers to come from First Robotics to present a two-day teacher professional development event on teaching robotics and related project-based learning to all participants. The training is free uh, to any Hawaii teachers or anyone else, including scout leaders, homeschoolers, and engaged parents. The training takes place on Friday, September 20th, and Saturday, September 21st, but you must sign up. So to do so, you go visit kawaiiroboticsalliance.org for more information. I will put that up on our show notes for later on tonight so you can check it out. Now, first up, we have Ed Barnabas from Booz Allen. He's here to tell us about a cool hackathon called Hack the Wave. Welcome to the show. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. Now, you know, I was looking up Hack the Wave, and, uh, you know, the name sounded kind of uh, maritime-like, but uh, what, give me a little background. Like, what, you know, do you know what's happening with the, the, the evolution of this Hack the Wave event? Sure. So um, Booz Allen participates, has participated in numerous hackathons within um, the community and in different parts of our business. And so just to give the hackathon that we're hosting here in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. we thought that um, we wanted to be a little different and Mm -hmm. to represent the island. So one of our colleagues came up with Hack the Wave and it just stuck from there. So hopefully this becomes something that we repeat year to year to year and becomes something that um, people look forward to and that we can sponsor and support in years to come. Now, Ed, uh, tell me, what, what do you do? I, you, know, you described a little bit about your job, but uh, it sounds kind of interesting. What do you do at Booz Allen? Sure. So um, just as we discussed before we got on air, I'm, I'm new to the island. Um, I've been with the company for about six years now, predominantly in the D.C. area. Um, just moved out here with my family and you know, uh, loving the island, loving my, my new team out here. Um, but my role here will be to lead our solutions and innovation mm-hmm. portion of our work. And to um, also, in addition to how we serve our clients, is really to increase our community outreach and to participate in events like we're having this weekend. Well, you know, the um, I gotta say that the the Booz Allen folks have been very active in the community. And you know, a, a buddy of mine, a Chalmer, who recently has left, but he was very instrumental in setting up the whole Python Hawaii. Uh, meetup group, which is still very, very active. Now, in terms of uh, Hack the Wave, tell us, what is it that you want to accomplish? I mean, are you providing any tools or data for people to get you know, get their hands on? We are, and I'll, I'll, I'll back up a little bit um, in terms of give a little bit of context. Mm-hmm. So there's actually two events I'd like to plug. Um, the event for the hackathon is the, uh, a week after this weekend, mm-hmm. um, but we there is an important event that provided the context for what our involvement is with ALS, is uh, one of our colleagues, Jeff Conway, um, was diagnosed with ALS in 2014. And since that time, he has spent um, really working with the local chapter for advocacy and awareness efforts here in Hawaii. And so for the past three years, we have partnered with ALS um, 
to raise money for the cause and mm-hmm. also participated in the ALS walk. So the first event is happening this Saturday at Capulana Park, mm-hmm. where Booz Allen is participating and many other uh, great folks. Um, and that is to raise money and raise awareness for ALS. So that's this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's more of a walk. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And the reason I wanted to give that context is um, we all rallied around our colleague and it became um, uh, a source of a way in which we could give back to a friend, but mm-hmm. also the community. And uh, being true to Booz Allen and uh, seeing that we're technology consulting leaders in our space, um, what better than to combine what our staff is passionate about in terms of technology with this great cause? Mm -hmm. So that's how it it came up to come up with this idea to still continue our work with ALS, but do it in a way where we could apply our our passion, which is technology. Okay, so as as far as the uh, Hack the Wave event, uh, you've invited, you know, opening it up to anybody who wants to participate. But what is it that you would want people to do once they get there? Sure, sure. So I uh, just want to say we're uh, we're doing this in partnership with Punahou mm-hmm. and also with ALS, the local chapter for ALS. And what made this a little bit different is that uh, unlike maybe what people think hackathons are, which are highly technical, um, collaborative efforts, um, this is actually something we broadened and are underpinning with the idea of design thinking. Mm-hmm. So this is really a call to anybody um, at various levels of, of whether you're a hardcore programmer or whether you're someone interested or whether you just have a, um, uh, an interest in the cause itself. And that's what made it exciting is because it could be everyone from students in high school to really um, experienced technical practitioners. And so what we're looking for people to do when they come is – Using this idea of design thinking, we came up with three different tracks. So I'll use a, a couple terms, right, that hope aren't going to throw people off too much, and I'll try and convey it in a little bit more simple terms is that first we're going to look at bibliometrics, which is um, we want to create a tool to help ALSA direct their research and funding um, and their decision-making by analyzing changes in publications and research documents. The second one is visualization, which I know is big in the technology industry, Mm -hmm. is taking large pieces of data and having to visualize them in a way that you can make an informed decision. And so we want to create data-powered visual imagery, right, that comes out of ALS research. And the last one is bioinformatics, which is very important to, I know, ALS. And this is um, understanding the biological data to inform ALS patients um, ALS researchers about the current state of trials. So I know I kind of threw a lot out there, but the net net is that there's um, many ways to plug in and to be involved in the event. Now, Ed, real quickly, because uh, we're running out of time, but uh, where uh, where will these projects end up once the event is over? So we are doing this as our our user or consumer of, of what happens is ALS themselves. So we've been in close collaboration with them. So these tracks that we've developed the data that we receive, the data that we're going to consume during the event and hopefully come up with some cool ideas um, is in collaboration with them. So hopefully there's something there that they would like to take further. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and even if it's something that we may not take into a final state, um, just the fact that it's raising more awareness is the most important thing. And the fact that we get to do it with a broad set of people on the island is really exciting. Okay, so real cool. So let's say somebody's interested in, in signing up. Where do they go to uh, be a part of this? Great. So we have an Eventbrite that's listed. It's called 2019 Hack the Wave Registration dot Eventbrite dot com. I know that you uh, tweeted that out, I believe, and we can post that on the site. Um, and also we have uh, great folks like Aubrey and Mona 
mm-hmm. um, who I know that if you can post that as well, and there are point of contacts for the event. But again, it's a it's a free three day event that's happening at Punahou, and also will culminate in an event at the Sandbox, um, where we'll be able to show the work and be able to celebrate. Um, everything that everybody did for the for the next weekend. Well, that sounds great. And that starts on uh, Friday, September 20th. And I will put the link up on the show notes for later on tonight. Thanks, Ed, for joining us. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Sam Sneed uh, uh, from the law firm ESNA. And, of course, Tim Ames from Hawaii Tech Support to talk about TechForce 2019. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Rice Partnership, Kaiser Permanente, and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. All of the different programs that are on at different times in public radio, it's like different colors in a palette. And you can paint whatever you want by picking the hours that you want to listen. And you may want to go for the dark colors of Rembrandt or the bright colors of Monet, but it's your choice how you paint that landscape with those colors, with the different shows you listen to through the day. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe, and I'm glad to welcome Sam Sneed from law firm ESNA and Tim Ames from Hawaii Tech Support. Sam is a uh, director and attorney over at ESNA, and Tim is the CTO over at Hawaii Tech Support. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Now, uh, Sam, I know uh, you know TechForce uh, has been around for uh, a couple, three years. Maybe maybe you can tell us a little bit of a quick you know history of TechForce and and what is it that it is there for and and uh, you know tries to accomplish. Sure. So TechForce is actually sort of a capstone of a discussion that's been going on for years, really. Um, Most recently in 2016 and 2017, where a group of educators, um, CIOs, um, HR and IT managers and executives sat down to talk about um, what is the what are the changes that technology is having on the workplace, mm-hmm. in the learning environment, and at home? And what does that mean for our state as a whole? And really, what should we be doing about it? Because this is something that we've, um, we as a state have been talking about really for decades now. Um, so in 2017, we decided to continue that discussion. Um, and rather than just sit there and talk and talk and talk, because mm-hmm. we love to talk, everyone <laughs> loves to talk and has lots to say, which is great. But we wanted to come up with a plan. Um, what should we do about it, about all these changes? How do we make sure that a student in school right now is going to have a job in Hawaii using the skills that they're learning for the changing technology um, when they're ready? Um, And so what we did in 2017 is we took the same group and we took them through a strategic planning process Mm -hmm. where we talked about the different aspects of what makes up essentially the school-to-workforce pipeline when you look at STEM and InfoSec and related skills. And we broke it down into components that we identified as um, competencies, which is what skills you train, how do you train them. Um, communication, how do we tell our stories, how, why is, how do we tell people how technology is relevant, how do we co- um, convince people um, that it is important and that they should invest, um, the 
um, culture is the third aspect of it. You know, how do we as individuals relate to the group and how does the group relate to us and how does technology influence that relationship? And then finally, what we called coopetition or mm -hmm. the interplay of collaboration and competition. And so you see that both at the individual level, at the business level, at the profession or industry level, and, and all the way up to at the state or the economy level. Now, Tim, you've uh, you've been involved with the uh, the steering committee, right? Yeah, I've been on the steering committee this year, and Hawaii Tech Support's been involved with the um, with TechForce since its inception three okay. years ago. Uh -huh. And and uh, in terms of your view of how TechForce has evolved, I mean, what are some of the uh, let's say actionable things that people could do as a result of having participated, let's say in 2016, 2017, 2018? Well, I think uh, all the focus has um, been on the education and the workforce, getting them together. So hopefully those relationships that, you know, you can build uh, during TechForce and mm -hmm. after, you know, getting to meet some of the folks in the industry, um, hopefully those are forming those relationships that, that carry forward. And I, I think uh, there's been good evidence that that's happened. Um, so as we refine, or over the last three years, as the kind of the vision of TechForce has kind of refined and, and refined itself based on, wow, this is what we've seen and this is what we still need to work on. I think it, it's getting more focused on, on what actually needs to be done to bring that workforce uh, integration to, to get our tech into the workforce. So, Sam, so that's, that's a good uh, sort of uh, lead-in for you to give us some examples of how you've seen the participants perhaps take the, the, the learnings that they might have gotten as a result of going to TechForce. And, and so what is, what is it that they did once the, the event concluded? I mean, do you see evidence of how they might have embraced it and then, and then you know, perhaps uh, had their workers go through some more education or, or encourage more you know, investment into tech, tech uh, innovation? Absolutely. I think um, there's been a huge push um, in the IT community to reach out beyond just technologists to, into the broader community to try and find um, you know, allies in er different areas of discipline like HR, um, like business leadership to really sort of proselytize the value of what they do and mm -hmm. to educate um, why technology is important. Uh, one of the more, I guess, tangible takeaways um, in the year between um, our 2017 conference and this year, we actually got a group together from um, from the TechForce group, and we put together uh, what we call the cybersecurity primer for small to medium businesses. And so it's essentially, a, it can serve as a desk reference for here's terms that you it, coming in as a business owner, if you own a small mom and pop shop, or if you just coming out of the streets, know nothing about cybersecurity. Here's the list of terms you need to know. Here are the resources that are available um, from education centers, from government, where you can self-educate, you can self-diagnose, you can build out a program that is useful to you. Mm -hmm. Because we saw as one of the major groups is that there is a, there is a significant need for more awareness of um, just just general technology awareness um, at all levels. So it's not just the frontline worker. It's not the frontline manager. It's all the way up to our executives because ultimately all our decision makers, all our workers need to understand how technology works and the impact of it in order to make decisions as far as what we do in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. And so right now the cybersecurity primer, um, we have it with our steering committee and it is looking for a forever home, but there has been talk about housing it with the universities and possibly translating it into um, an ongoing um, curriculum that students could um, work to keep it updated and then also serve as a tool to reach out to the business community. Mm -hmm. Now, now uh, Tim, so 
you know, Hawaii tech support, I mean, you are out there, you're working with, with uh, companies. I mean, they, they hire you to do uh, manage support, uh, you know, manage support, right? Yes. Uh, in terms of your assessment of, of businesses, do you see them embracing technology more so now as you know as we get into the 21st century <laughs> yeah you know and i i think it's a evolution as as you know as the workforce is evolving so I, i'm not saying it's a generational thing but it seems to help uh, mm-hmm. as um uh, my generation and, and even younger generations are becoming the leaders in businesses um that yeah they are investing a lot more in technology and they're embracing the technology and they're understanding that well technology can drive them to the next level um and that's great because technology can really uh, be a business differentiator. It can be a uh, force multiplier, you know, when you're talking about business intelligence or, or reach. Um, and then on, you know, in another facet, another uh, vector that's really encouraging people to embrace technology is in the infosec and the cybersecurity realm. Mm-hmm. And that's because of, you know, outside factors, you know, of, of um, threat adversaries that are forcing that upon um, businesses. And so as they're investing more in protecting their data, protecting their information, whether that's because, you know, that, that it'll keep their business going or if there's regulatory or compliance um, requirements to, to protect, that, protect that information that's, that's happening. Now, you brought up an a, a interesting term, this idea of the force multiplier. What would you say to a company that perhaps hasn't really embraced technology as a, a fundamental you know, need for their company? I mean, and, and what are potential, th- I guess, threats uh, and challenges that they might face? Yeah, so um, yeah, force multiplier, for, for me, I, I come from a military background, so we use that to, you know, identify, well, you know, if you're dug in position, it's, it's gonna, you're going to need three people to the one person, you know, to, to kind of, you know, overcome defensive obstacles. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I look at it the same way as a force multiplier for business. Maybe that one person could do the job of three people mm-hmm. if you give them the right technology. And I've seen, and this is real, uh, really a business analysis uh, type. And we do a lot of business analysis because that's where technology comes into play. Um, we're not trying to take away jobs, but if you can free up somebody's time and they're spending too much time focusing on these tasks, these repetitive tasks that computers are really good at, and we can come up with a business system that will take care of those tasks for them, well, now you've just opened up this person's day, you know, to, mm-hmm. to do stuff for the for advancing the company. I see a lot of business owners, you know, for smaller businesses that are the IT person. They're the ones that are running around. That can't be the best way, you know, use of their time is to focus on, you know, getting somebody's password set up in, in, in their Office 365 account. Mm-hmm. It just can't. And if it is, well, it, there's something wrong. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's the force multipliers is freeing up people's time. Um, making sure it's secure so that you're not wasting time doing work that's going to get lost, and um, also keeping a competitive advantage. You know, if if your if your competitor is is investing in technology and they're getting a bigger reach and they're even you know getting off the island, they're getting mainland companies now. They have more money to invest in in research, development, and, and growth. Well, that that's gonna that's gonna slow you down. Well, you know, I I do want to ask you, Sam, about the um, as you. St- start to get more people into the existing companies uh, with this, uh, you know, technology background, uh, what what benefit does that have to the overall sort of tech sector in Hawaii? But I want to hold that thought. So we, we, we'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Sam Sneed from ESNA and Tim Ames from Hawaii Tech Support. This is Bite Marks Cafe. 
Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Coworking. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Sam Sneed from ESNA and Tim Ames from Hawaii Tech Support, and we're talking about helping to create more jobs in the tech sector. And of course, right before the break, we were talking about, you know, the well, and we'll talk more about the uh, uh, Tech Force uh, 2019. But as we get more workers uh, really equipped with the IT tools that they can now go into companies and work. Sam, what do you think, uh, how do you see that sort of spilling over into the overall kind of tech economy and, and the tech sector in Hawaii? I think it's not just that it's just the tech economy or sector. It's really the realization for all businesses and all shops and organizations that technology is not necessarily the solution. Technology is the tool. Mm -hmm. People are the solution. And the more people that we have trained in advanced tools, uh, the more freedom we have to have that force multiplier in whatever it is they choose to pursue. So you don't have to necessarily work in developing software. You might work in customer service, but if you have the tools available to you, you can serve more people better in a way that they find more appealing. Um, So it's really learning that um, these tools are available and they're translatable across industries and across disciplines because ultimately what people do is they produce some sort of value and what technology does is it changes how we do it and how effectively we're able to do it. Mm -hmm. And Tim, you you were hinting at the idea that uh, you know, this concept of false multiplier. I mean, if, if a company is in a frame of mind that, the, you know, their market is Hawaii and perhaps don't have the scalability to go beyond Hawaii, but with some of the, the, the tools that they could now embrace, other markets open up. Now you can scale beyond Hawaii. Yeah, because that's really a false constraint to say that, you know, I, I my market is Hawaii because I'm located in Hawaii in a global information technology world, mm-hmm. right? There's plenty of, um, you know, plenty of examples, Amazon being one of them, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily shop at, uh, you know, our local stores anymore. If I can find something on Amazon and it's convenient, hey, you know, Amazon's not lo- located in Hawaii, but they have, well, they do have, data, you know, warehouses here now, but, you know, th- that's not where they're located. So I'm not saying we have Amazon here right now in Hawaii, but we could, you know, and we could have that same kind of reach, whether it's through um, retail, whether it's through services, uh, professional services. There's nothing stopping, especially as the workforce becomes more and more remote. Um, and, of course, technology drives that and enables that um, as a workforce for professional services, which, you know, by and large, uh, the United States is a huge uh, professional services uh, uh, economy. Mm-hmm, right. So mm-hmm. you can do that. Right. Online. Right. And one example that, you know, we've had uh, Mana up on the show a bunch of times and, they, you know, they take local companies and, and help them sort of scale beyond uh, just the, the local market. But what they also do is they have uh, like Shopify, right? And, and through Shopify, they can actually extend the market beyond Hawaii. So, you know, I, I think that's a, a really good example of how you can you know, sort of scale your business beyond just the market in Hawaii. Now, Sam, you know, in terms of the, the actual Workforce 2019, what do you have plan for that that whole you know full day conference yeah so tech force it's going to be like you said a very full day we're going to have a speaker track um full of 
local business and thought leaders, um, including uh, we have our keynote, who's actually coming in from Google, Jamie Cassup, who is their chief education evangelist, is going to be talking about how you can encourage a culture of innovation um, through technology development and how you encourage lifelong um, learning by having that culture that sustains it. Um, we're also going to be joined by Scott Godwin from the Pacific Northwest National Lab, um, John Gotanda, president of HPU, Dr. Christina Kishimoto, um, and uh, Stephen Schatz of Hawaii P20, and they'll be talking about uh, competencies that you need to see in the growing workforce. You know, how does a student who is in school today, how do they prepare for jobs that they're going to need in 10 to 15 years? Um, and how do we make sure as employers that we're finding those students? Um, we will also be featuring Isla Young of STEMWorks, Ian Kitajima of Oceanet, Tyler Gomes of the Elemental Accelerator to talk about how we shape the messages around technology and what our shops are doing and how do we interact with our communities um, through different modes of communication. And then we'll end the day on the speaker side of things um, with Mike McCartney, Alan Oshima, Peter Dames, and Brendan Morioka um, to talk about the coopetition. So mm -hmm. again, the idea of how do you work cross-silo, cross-industry, uh, cross-sector to sort of have that, build that force multiplier for Hawaii as a whole. So that's just the speaker side. Mm -hmm. We're also going to have a whole expo um, of local organizations. So when you look at the landscape that uh, sort of drives whether or not a student in Hawaii is able to learn what they need to learn and find a job in the area that they want to um, that is based in innovation and creativity and tech skills. Um, there are essentially four parts to it, right? You have the state and federal governments um, that are act as employers and kind of um, shape the landscape. You have our education centers that provide the um, the training and the skills and the outreach, and then you have the private industry that actually hires these students. And so we've invited um, representatives from all of these areas to come and exhibit. And so what we've been saying to everyone is we want this to be not just a walk around their perimeter and collect the pens kind mm -hmm, of expo mm -hmm. hall. We want it to be almost like a science fair for grown-ups. And so we have these representatives who will be there. They will be talking about the good work that is already be being done around the state in um, building this STEM and cyber-enabled uh, school-to-workforce pipeline so that they can find one another and that attendees can find them, and the idea being that they can continue their work outside of just that day. So, Tim, you know, in terms of Tech Force 2019, who do you want to attend and what do you want them to come away with? So I want companies that are looking, uh, that are already involved in some way in the, in the community, maybe looking to expand their Idea, you know their their concept of what, how technology can enhance their business, but I also want people that are uh, you know we we have we take interns every year, so we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a booth set up so that we can hopefully um, grab a couple good young interns out mm -hmm. of one of the colleges there. Um, it, it's really it's there's a little bit for everybody there at the the conference, um, whether it's the people in the workforce, people wanting to enter the workforce, or just people that are interested in you know how technology is shaping. Um, the the business today. Mm -hmm. Now, now, Sam. I mean, once uh, Tech Force uh, Tech Force twenty nineteen is is done, I mean, what do you foresee? Do you see uh, kind of continuing this on a annual basis? Possibly. So again, the approach to this whole 
project has really been the thought that it takes a village. So this needs to be a collaborative process that is community driven. So we have a very large steering committee. Um, it in, includes the Hawaii Institute for Public Affairs, the CIO Council of Hawaii, Cyber Hawaii, uh, my firm, HPU, Integrated Security Technologies, Hawaii Tech Support, PCAT, and STEMWorks. Um, but we also have a larger community of our exhibitors, our sponsors, and our other participants. And I think this is an event, whether or not it's branded under Tech Force or whether it's just continuing the conversations um, in different gathering places, we hope that it continues. So real quick, where can people sign up? Okay, so yeah, um, we have a really super long Eventbrite URL, but we're just going to give you, uh, go to tinyurl.com forward slash techforce2019. Okay, I will put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Sam Sneed is an attorney over at the law firm ESNA, and Tim Ames is a CTO over at Hawaii Tech Support. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about building ethics into artificial intelligence. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Surfing.